Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, a reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I'm James Thomas. Today is Thursday, October the 19th, 2023. It is the feast of St. Isaac Jogues and his companions. Our reading today is from the gospel according to St. Luke. The Lord said, Woe to you who build the memorials of the prophets whom your fathers killed. Consequently, you bear witness and give consent to the deeds of your ancestors. For they killed them, and you do the building. Therefore the wisdom of God said, I will send to them prophets and apostles. Some of them they will kill and persecute, in order that this generation might be charged with the blood of all the prophets shed since the foundation of the world. From the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who died between the altar and the temple building. Yes, I tell you, this generation will be charged with their blood. Woe to you, scholars of the law. You have taken away the key of knowledge. You yourselves did not enter, and you stopped those trying to enter. When Jesus left, the scribes and Pharisees began to act with hostility toward him and to interrogate him about many things, for they were plotting to catch him at something he might say. Why do we think murder is the answer? They killed the prophets. They're going to kill Jesus. They're plotting it. They're planning it. And Jesus is reading their hearts. And Jesus makes a prediction. It's in a number of different places in the Bible. Jesus predicts that the greatest punishments will befall this generation, the generation putting him to death because they are given the greatest gift. And so there is the greatest pride, there is the greatest evil that surrounds Jesus for those who are not with the Lord, for those who are not in grace, for those who do not see themselves truly as children of the Father and desire to be with the Father forever. Jesus has to pick very simple people. Jesus picks people in whom there is no guile. I mean, yeah, they have their issues. He says to Nathaniel, in this one, there is no guile. It's really mostly true for all of the apostles. They don't act out of pride. They might be a little slow-witted sometimes. (laughs) They might be a little selfish at times. They might be uh, maybe a little prideful here and there at times, arguing over who's the greatest. But Jesus drives it home to them. There will be blood. There will be murder. Even John the Apostle, who was not martyred, was boiled in oil. They wanted to martyr him, and and the Lord protected him. The Lord saved him. That wasn't part of God's plan for John. So there's always murder. There's always bloodshed. And today's feast commemorates that. This is one of my favorite feast days of the whole year. It is the feast of the North American Jesuit Martyrs from France. In the 1600s, they came over, they had studied in Paris. They were some of the best of the Jesuit order. This is when the Jesuit order was a powerhouse evangelizing the world. And many of these Jesuits, when America was being discovered and settled and colonized, many of the Jesuits came over. Some of them, the Spanish ones, went to the southern parts, Mexico and South America The English-speaking ones came to what is now the United States, and the French ones went north. 
and they their purpose was to evangelize the Native Americans. Now, different Jesuits came for different reasons, and there was a lot of good happening back then in terms of, you know, with the English, it was just the settlers and so many of so many of those who came to the English colonies were seeking to get away from religious persecution. Now, in many cases, they found more persecution when they got here. With the revolution and with some of the uh, rules that were put in place, in particular by George Washington during the time of the revolution, uh, we saw a lot of persecution stop. Yet still, we, I mean, even to this day, there's always going to be some persecution. We strive to overcome this. But so it's interesting. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of evangelizing of the natives in the English speaking world in the new world, but there was a lot going down uh, south, a lot going on down there with the Spanish. There were the Spanish Jesuits, also the conquistadors and the battles that took place between those two groups. I recommend the movie, The Mission with Robert De Niro, Jeremy Irons, Liam Neeson, that's a great movie that shows that conflict. Uh, and then up in the north, uh, I think of the movie Black Robe. Although there's a couple scenes in there I, I don't recommend. I recommend you get the PG version of Black Robe. Nowadays, you can uh, use different sites to edit things out. I'm not sure if it works for that, uh, that movie because it's not as popular a movie. But it tells the story. Uh, another book I recommend. Once again, I was talking about historical fiction a fantastic book that is historical fiction, but it is extremely historically accurate is called Saint Among Savages. And it's about Isaac Jogues. I uh, typically when the church uh, announces this feast day and, and puts it in all the liturgical books, it begins by saying Saint John de Brebeuf and Isaac Jogues and their companions. But John de Brebeuf went up north. I believe he was martyred in Toronto or right outside Toronto Whereas um, Isaac Jogues was in Upper New York State, and you could actually visit the North American Martyr Shrine in Auriesville, New York. It's right near the St. Kateri Shrine, which is in, um, I want to say it's Alton, New York. It's right near the North American Martyr Shrine, because it all happened right in the same area, where these men, they came over to America, they started in Quebec, and they wanted to minister first among the peaceful tribes, the tribes that were uh, exchanging in commerce with the French. So they went to the Huron tribe. John de Brebeuf and some of his companions went north. Isaac Jogues and some of his came south, among whom was also martyred. We have René Goupil, St. René Goupil and St. John Lalande. I believe they were both Jesuit brothers. Isaac Jogues, Father Isaac Jogues, uh, he kept a journal, and in his journal, he wrestles with the idea of evangelization. Is it really necessary to evangelize these people? They have their own gods. They're believing what they believe. They're doing their best according to what God has given them or lack thereof. Do they really need to hear about Jesus Christ? But he would just go back to the end of Matthew's gospel. Jesus says, go out and preach the good news to all nations and baptize them. And so he believed this was his mission. He reminds me of St. Damien, or rather St. Damien of Molokai reminds me of him, two very similar men that believed it was their mission to go minister to these people in the most dangerous of situations. We'll talk about St. Damien on a different day. There's also, well, let's see, there's a great movie about him. I believe it's just called Molokai, 
where he went to Hawaii where all the lepers were, eventually contracted leprosy in his ministry. Whereas with St. Isaac Jogues, he ministered in upstate New York, the area now known as Auriesville. Well, actually, I know he wasn't exactly there yet. That was where the Mohawk tribe was. But he ministered among the Hurons. And it's really a beautiful thing to read about. He took his time, he and the other Jesuits, they learned the customs of the natives. They didn't just come in and throw Bibles at everybody. They didn't just force everybody to accept Jesus Christ. A lot of that was going on in the South with the conquistadors. But no, they came in very peacefully and they just said, well, we just want to get to know you better. And we believe we can help in different ways. So they learned their ways. They learned how to fish the way the Hurons fished. They learned how to plant. They learned their customs. And they took part in the life of the tribe. And some of these things were very difficult. It was very hot in the summertime. And so these the natives wore very little clothing. Yet Isaac Jogues never took off his, uh, his cassock. So that's why they called him Black Robe. And he, I just remember one story that I read about where when they went fishing... They had these very long boats that were very, very thin, seemingly fragile. I I really don't know. Uh, And they would all have a particular place where they would stand. They had to all balance the boat out together perfectly. And then they would squat in position and go out for hours and hours and hours. Imagine squatting perfectly still for many, many hours. He said it was torturous at first. But you get used to it over time. You develop those muscles. And he went out with the natives. And when they would see a fish, they would spear it and pull the fish off the spear and then go for another one while the whole time maintaining their balance. As time went by, there were different illnesses. Isaac and his companions got sick uh, from the different uh, bacteria, I guess, that they encountered with the natives. And the natives got sick from them. And then wintertime came, and it was very difficult. They hoped they had uh, hunted enough and fished enough, and they had what they needed for the winter, and also that they had the furs that they needed to keep their bodies warm. Of course, there's plenty of wood, and really there's plenty of meat to eat when you consider uh, all the deer running around, all the various animals. But once again, it was a challenge, and at one point in the winter, after he had been there, I believe, a couple years, They needed supplies. They wanted to go back to Quebec, some of the members of the tribe, to get some supplies because the natives were getting sick and they were hungry and it didn't look good for the tribe. And so Isaac volunteered with one or two other Jesuits. They said, we'll go back to Quebec. We'll get the supplies. However, on the way to Quebec, they were attacked by the Mohawk tribe. The Mohawks are a division of the Iroquois. And the Mohawks, I'm not sure about the whole Iroquois twi- tribe, twi- tribe, tribe, but the, uh, the Mohawks were definitely a warring tribe, and they had not encountered yet the French, and they had not made peace with the French. That was going to come later. And so Isaac Jogues and his companions were kidnapped, and they were tortured. And there's a long list of what they did to these black robes. They uh, put hot coals on their stomachs and then allowed uh, worms and maggots to eat their flesh. They chewed off some of their fingers. They made them run the gauntlet, where you had to run, and then they would beat you as you ran. They would hit you with sticks and clubs and things like that. 
and they tied him up and they didn't have a whole lot to eat and they, it was really a struggle. And so when Isaac found himself an opportunity, and you know, I probably should do a little research before I do these podcasts. I don't remember exactly at this point, did some of the Jesuits die or did that come later? Uh, did they escape with him? All I know is that he escaped and he was able to get back to Quebec And for whatever reason, he didn't draw any attention to himself. He was able to just get on a boat and go right back to Paris. And he had just been tortured. His fingers had been chewed off. He was in pain. He was exhausted. He was starving. He got on the boat. He, they had minimal food on the boat for him. He was able to basically stow away, get back to France. When he arrived at port in Paris, he, uh, he struggled off the boat and he found the closest church to the port And he knocked on the door of the church and he said, hello, I I need your help. And there was a priest who answered the door. He said, I need your help. I'm a priest. I was in the new world. Uh, I I really am. I'm desperate right now. I need some food. I need some clothing, some warmth. I need a bed to sleep in. Can you please help me? And this priest said to him, oh, you're from the new world. Have you heard of Isaac Jogues? We hear that he's really a hero and perhaps even a martyr for the faith. And the story goes that he said, it is I who stand before you. And then he fell over in front of him. And the priest took care of me, nursed him back to health. They brought him back to the Jesuit house in Paris. And after a little while, he was fine, except he was missing a couple fingers. They actually had to appeal to Rome so that he could still say mass without all of his fingers. And Rome approved. And they said to him, Father Jogues, you are a hero. You are a living saint among us. And with all that you've accomplished, with all that you've been through, you can do whatever you want now. What would you like? Would you like to teach at a university in Paris? Would you like to be a pastor? Would you like promotions? Would you like to live in the finest rectory? Where would you like to go? What would you like to do? And he said, I'd like to fulfill my calling and minister among the natives in the new world. And they said, well, okay. They weren't so sure they wanted to let him do that. But they said, okay, well, we'll send you back to a a nice place, peaceful people there, and you'll be well taken care of. You'll be in close contact with the French that are over there. And he said, no, I wish to go back to the Mohawks, the very same ones that tortured me. And they let him go. So he went back. And at this point, The settlers in Quebec had established a little bit of communication with the Mohawks, a little bit of a relationship, some trade. And so there was some communication there, and Isaac and some more companions, Jesuit companions, were permitted to go with him to the Mohawk tribe. Now, these Mohawks, some of them were still there that had tortured him, that had witnessed at least all the tortures, and so they never trusted him. And once again, Father Jogues kept his journal, and we still have copies of this journal in which he wrote about his fears. He said, I know I'm going to be martyred. They don't trust me, but this is worth it for their souls. And, you know, we see within one generation, we have Katiri, who now is a saint. And that's because of Isaac and the other Jesuits and the work that they did. Sometimes martyrdom has to come first before evangelization. It's happened again and again in the history of the church. In the movie Les Mis, one of the lines of one of the songs says, uh, the blood of the martyrs will water the meadows of France. Well, it's true. The blood of the martyrs waters the church so that it will grow. And this is what happened in the new world. 
We benefit from this and we don't even realize it sometimes. The sacrifice is made for the things that we take for granted in our own faith. So Isaac Jogues went back to the Mohawks. He ministered to them for a while. And then there were all these little incidents, him blessing a child, him blessing his food, him carrying around this little black box that had his chalice in it. They thought it was a magical box that was going to hurt all of them. And they complained And one by one, they started to kill off the other Jesuits. And Isaac Jogues stayed there and he continued to minister to the people, even though he wrote down, I know they're going to kill me. And finally, they did. He was beheaded. His body was thrown into the river and uh, he was martyred. But like I say, more Jesuits were sent. They reinforced what they were doing. And finally, within that first generation, we have a saint Now, she had to deal with a lot of persecution herself. A lot of the Mohawks still did not accept the faith. And you got to understand there was so much else going on. Just like with the Spanish down south, there were those that wanted to conquer the natives that were coming over from the mother countries of Spain and France. Uh, Many of these Native American tribes were being wiped out by settlers. It's true in the English-speaking world as well. We know so many of these stories. There's books written about them. There's movies made about them. And this just happened more and more. So it's amazing. This world we live in, even this church of ours, how you got good, bad, and ugly all wrapped up together, the weeds and the wheat. In some cases, the natives became Christian and devout Christians. In some cases, they were killed off. In some cases, they hated Christianity. And they maintained their own traditions and customs. And it even gets into questions. And now more and more, I seem to be discussing this with people. Uh... What's happening with, you know, when you, when we seek to reach out to Native American tribes and they're doing their traditional dances and they're singing their traditional songs, um, some of that is just beautiful and some of that is just them being who they are. Yet some of it we have to acknowledge is worship of false gods. And that's what Isaac was writing about in his journal. That's what he was dealing with. They worship false gods, and apparently these gods, quote-unquote, which are actually demons, are speaking to them and even sometimes performing, quote-unquote, miracles and telling them to go kill people and and be headhunters and be cannibals. So this is why Isaac felt so strongly that it's one of the reasons, not just because Jesus commanded us to evangelize, but there are things written in the human heart that are written there by God, the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, and they're meant to lead us back to the Father through the Son. They're meant to lead us in the ways of peace and in the ways of the Ten Commandments. And so when people are cannibals, when people are headhunters and things like this, when people are warring people, even when people worship the earth, There are elements to that that are very, very evil. Even if the people themselves are not culpable, there still is the reality of evil. There still is a reality there. Can we say that these people are definitely going to heaven because they didn't know any better? Can we say they're definitely going to hell because they didn't have Jesus? Um, There's a lot of gray area there. And so we as a church wish to evangelize as best we can. We wish everybody to be in the fold following Jesus Christ, loving Jesus Christ, knowing the forgiveness of sins and the true love and joy and peace of the Holy Spirit. So St. Isaac and his companions shed their blood for this mystery, that that we all belong to Jesus, 
that Jesus came to save us and that, um, you know, following our Lord is the path to salvation. It's the only path to salvation. Even if those, if there are people out there not culpable for not following him still, the only way into heaven is through Jesus and through his crucifixion. Even for those that haven't followed him, he is the only way, truth, and life. There are no other God-mans. <laughs> there are no other gods. There are no other saviors, messiahs, Christs, etc., So we thank our Lord Jesus for the great sacrifice that he made. We thank Our Lady for giving us her son. We thank St. Isaac Jogues and his companions for their intercession and for the great example they give us of true faith in spite of all challenge. I hope everybody has a great day. God bless you.